I came, Hockey Fives was on the table, promoted for a long period of time, but not activated. I clearly see an important thing in Hockey Fives in a short form. Let's call it just short form. So for me, it's a short form outside and we have a short form indoor. And I hope and I expect that this within two, three years, we will have one format. Welcome to Studio Hockey. So welcome everybody. We are joined behind the microphone today by two uh, administrators from the FIH, the International Federation of Hockey. Uh, we have with us Thierry Weil, who is the CEO from the FIH. And we have with us Mike Joyce, uh, who is uh, responsible for all uh, development within uh, the, the international community of hockey. Um, so, guys, let's let's talk about uh, different topics. Um, uh, let's start with with the FIH Pro League, uh, which has been the, the yeah, probably the major innovation or the the, the, the major new item that has been um, implemented last year um, on, on, on field absolutely a success uh, so but what what were your uh, feelings about this first uh, FIH Pro League uh, what went well uh, what lessons were learned for the future and um, then the, 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 the main question probably will also be when will it start making money for hockey, so that it can help grow hockey worldwide. Thierry. Yeah. So to start off the key learner, I mean, first of all, I mean, we are extremely happy and proud that we have started the Pro League, to be honest, because it's, I have to admit, when I joined FIH, there were a lot of discussions about the Pro League. And the complexity of the Pro League with this uh, massive number of travel and actually people have to travel around the globe to meet and to play hockey. Um, but this has been extremely beneficial for hockey as a promotion of the sport because as you know previously uh, this was always like you had the World Cups, you had two World Cups and you had some events, Champions Trophy events but not on a regular base, which uh, a lot of broadcasters said the same thing. If I put hockey on, but I own, don't have hockey on a regular base, which means I have to put hockey on one month and then nothing six months and then again. So broadcast needs some consistency. So therefore, this pro league has fulfilled that uh, that wish from broadcasters and also from, from, from the hockey world to have regular hockey. As you said, we have also had some key learnings in that season, clearly. So that's why, as you have seen, we have changed the schedule slightly to uh, listen to player welfare, actually, of the intensity of travel and the number of travel, given the fact that we cut this in half by introducing now that actually Team A play, uh, plays Team B twice at home and then the season after the team B is traveling to team A and playing them twice so we cut this in half. It is clear also for hockey it is an investment, it, 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 ha it has been a big investment uh, to, 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 to put that up and to set this up and to make it happen with productions around the globe with 144 games which had to be produced actually. 
So it's an investment, but for us it's a good investment because it's an investment in the promotion of the sport and, and, and increasing the awareness of the sport and also for fans and for players. When you have listened to players uh, on their interviews, which I did quite often after games, you had always two messages, clear messages. One, fantastic event, fantastic game. Great to be in Australia now and play a game whilst I only played a few days ago in Belgium, the national team actually, at, or the, 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 club, the club season. But on the other side, I'm tired. Uh -huh. And this I'm tired, that was leading to the change of schedule as I just described. But in principle, everybody, even the coaches, they have been quite uh, uh, nicely surprised and also positive about the Pro League. So for us, it's a lot of positives. Yes, we will need to adapt the schedule. We need uh, to adapt our production, uh, how we will produce. And we are actually, as we speak today, we have a production workshop with all the production companies from around the globe here in Lausanne. Okay. Plan the 2020 season um, to make it a common look and to make it nice. And uh, so that when you start to watch a game, you know this is a pro league game. So all positive for us. We need to, again to to uh, to align better and to to make you know you have seen extreme full stadiums in some countries, some less people in some other countries, and um, and that for me, if you ask me why has that happened, it's mainly based of shortage of time. Uh, again, I started in April. The final, final decision was taken in September that we really go ahead with the Pro League uh, the year after. And that doesn't give you a lot of time to promote, to do a ticketing plan, to do all what you should on a normal base do. That's what we have done this time. And that's why I'm convinced that all those uh, changes will impact in a positive way, actually, what we will see on the field of play. Okay, so so will, will, you, will you be able to go out on a ledge and predict that we will have no more empty stadiums in Germany? That, that would be wrong from my side to do. <laughs> I would not say we will. I can predict we will have no empty stadiums. Uh -huh. I'm not sure if we will have complete packed stadiums. That's potentially the, 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 the minor difference, I would say, to be honest. So we're reviewing with them. Uh, we're reviewing the ticketing plans. You know that in Germany currently we have selected three venues or are they looking into three different venues? Uh, and not on, only mentioned Gladbach because also they have taken a, an agency on site which helps them to conduct the games. Mm -hmm. And with I have personally spoken to them, to the agency. They have great experience. They have that was the agency who did the indoor World Cup in 2018 in Germany, yes. which was a great success. Yeah. To be yeah, honest, absolutely. They know what they're talking, and they know what they have to do to get more people in stadiums. But and okay, looks good. Looks good. Uh, what one of the goals of the of the FIH Pro League, uh, apart from delivering some some great sport to to us the fans. It's also to deliver to deliver some 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 revenue, uh, because yeah, revenue is needed if you want to grow the sport uh, globally. Um, okay, we we can all understand that in in, in a startup phase, uh, you don't make money from from uh, from day one. Um, uh, so so we we can all understand that um, there will be there will be losses even in in in, in an opening season. Um, can you already predict, based based upon the plans that you have and the talks that you had with with, with engaged partners, 
by what time it is uh, reasonable to think that the uh, FIH Pro League will also be delivering revenue and 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 uh, and profit for the FIH. Yeah, you can imagine that we after the first season we have done our homework and we have created a business plan. Actually, it's a long-term business plan for the pro league because, as you rightly said, when you do something like that, you invest money in it, and so it's not a it's not a break-even, but it's it's a it's an investment into the future. And then my board members and uh, the, the world of okay, normally they want all to know okay what is that go going to happen that we're losing money or that we're investing only money or we're breaking even and when will we make money actually as you say to actually help and to put more into development which was one of the goals i would not say it's the only goal because the second goal as i just mentioned was definitely to promote better hockey Mm -hmm. to have more consistency and more hockey or from a highest level on on screen, actually, it would be a problem. If it was yeah. only the, the the only one goal. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sometimes, sometimes when you get questions, you have the feeling that people, you know, take this as the the the, the main goal, which definitely, in my view, the promoting the sport is it's if if we we would be on a break even going forward and have pro league and by this by doing so we promote the sport better this is already a great achievement but our business plan has demonstrated that latest 22 23 will be profitable will be actually generating revenue where we can then invest into uh, development okay good um moving on to to uh, another new event that was added uh, last year to the calendar the the olympic qualifiers well it's not actually a new event but it was an uh, an old event in a new format um which which to my surprise i i, I must i must uh, confess uh, uh, was a big success um i, I was pretty um uh, i had my doubts b- yeah. before before we are we are we are two which have been extremely surprised <laughs> because I, I so we are completely the same as you i mean i had a few discussions in board meetings analyzing the qualifiers as it has been planned and i was actually saying we have to stop this we cannot do this uh-huh. because having only six weeks between when the games have to be played and when the people will be known uh-huh. uh, this will only generate costs and will not generate any revenue because you cannot uh, commercialize no, that. Absolutely. Uh, but then having seen the success of the qualifiers uh-huh. to be honest the same as you i was amazed uh-huh. and that now we know we need to keep this kind of qualifier uh-huh. But we need to to change, or we need to make some small changes to allow us to be more commercially uh, relevant, and that we can commercialize it. That it not only generate costs for us, uh-huh. because we have to produce all those games yeah. with no chance to commercialize mm-hmm. it. And that's why, when you have seen what we have announced in the last EB, is that we keep this format of. The, of the the, the, the the final game yeah. actually mm-hmm. but allow us ourselves uh, as if I'm not mistaking seven or eight months in between mm-hmm. from the time when the final final games will be played in the confederations and we will play this final games we will have eight months in between which this will allow us actually to promote it and to do it and to sell it to be honest yeah. 
One key element, others, which I found a bit unfair, uh, is that the bigger team, the best, the best ranked team, were the host for the smaller teams who had to travel all the way yeah. to see them and to. Yeah, that's where that's where we disagree. Still disagree because that, this is one of the changes that I, I I'm less happy about is that it is moving to a home and away instead of two yeah. home games. It's moving to a home and away game. And I obviously I I understand the reasoning behind this and, and from from a sports kind of view and and from the lower ranked team I understand their reasoning that they want a, a more fair chance of, of of competing and playing a home game as well. Um, on the other hand, I would say that yeah, the higher ranked team has done the investment in the past and have earned the right to a certain advantage uh, in, in in these kinds of games as well. But okay, that that's le- le- okay le- less of a problem for me. The problem there, which I see, is okay. It's going to add costs. Uh, it will make it more expensive for both countries because now you have to organize one home event, which is an investment, uh, which, which which will cost money up front. And 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 okay, you have ticket sales and you have you have a possibility of revenue there, but only for one game. So you, you don't know for sure that this will be a, a break-even or a positive uh, uh, cash flow. And you have the cost of, of, of travel. And, and, uh but, but you see, that's exactly what we analyzed. And your, your, your analysis is, is quite accurate with all the elements you have mentioned. Uh, really accurate. But then, yes, do not underestimate actually, because that was the surprise to me as well on the success of the qualifiers was not only the games, mm-hmm. but also the interest on a last minute, which has been shown by broadcasters. Uh-huh. So we have been in, on broadcast in Russia, we have been in Austria, we have been on live channels, to be honest. Yep. And then also potentially, uh, from a commercial point, interest of local companies which would have been interested to be part of this nice game, but the time was not given. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a couple of aspects. I strongly believe that commercially you will be able to do something even when you play into the smaller countries. Mm-hmm. So a Chile will find a few partners and sponsors. They will make ticketing because it's the most important game. Uh-huh. Potentially there will be some broadcast revenue, whilst today they only had the price to pay for the tickets to fly there, yeah. to be honest. Another uh, element which is quite important for me as well, when we go away from the price and from the money and from the thing, it's always experience. Mm-hmm. If those guys and promotion of the sport, if a Chile or an Austria can host a Germany, Austria would have host Germany in Austria for the final game, that would have made a massive impact, massive news in the country on hockey, mm-hmm. to be honest. No. And experience of event conducting, of learning to have more important events, which clearly FIH will need to assist those countries, actually. So I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we have discussions with the Pro League nations because they also said, you know, we invest in the in the past and uh, long term, and we're traveling already. And why should we do it again? Mm-hmm. To be yes. honest, but don't underestimate the fact that we just have cut in half the travel of Pro League going forward. Yeah, and this is, is in uh, 
this is now I hope I'm not saying a mistake. This is in two years once, no, in three years one time, one travel more. One travel more in three years. Yeah, so it's one 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 travel more for the top teams in three mm -hmm. years, which I have to say I have been surprised that in hockey. A lot of nations, they still travel in addition to the pro league for preparation games and for, for this. And so sometimes traveling, we have to be conscious and we have to be careful about player welfare fully because this is the artist on the, I, on the pitch. I, absolutely, I absolutely agree. I, I have a son who has been playing. I have a son who's been playing with a broken arm for six months because of the yeah. heavy schedule. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, but that's why we said you know a lot of people said let's maybe wait a second season to see should we change the first season, uh -huh. and I said no no if we find out that this is not we should not be shy to admit mm -hmm. okay we tried it was we have to change it let's change uh, it why not okay. changing it for the good of okay. of athletes let me let me uh, add one one more criticism on on the uh, the Olympic qualifiers or the World Cup qualifiers because at the qualifier tournament the qualifier games. Um, and, and, and this was one that, that really surprised me and, 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 and really uh, annoys me as well is that the, for the, the men at least I don't know for the women for sure but for the men at least the next uh, uh, qualifiers have been planned in the month of March that is yeah. a big problem for every European country with a, a already full schedule of a European domestic league where March is an important month for, for Germany, for Holland, for Belgium, for Spain, for all, all of these countries. I, I understand that it's not the case for every country around the world and, and it's not all about the European view of, uh, of or, the, or the European setup. But still, the European setup of club hockey is extremely important for the world of hockey. Um, so, yeah... No, I fully, I fully agree. And again, uh, I said from the beginning, coming from a sport where club, the the, the club structure is of tremendous importance. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, um, and therefore I completely support the club structure in hockey, and I promote also the fact that more countries should have club structures because that gives you the base, the foundation of the pyramid, uh, uh, actually. So we will not ignore and we do not ignore the clubs at all. Um, but also from the beginning, I said what we need, we need to have a long-term calendar, international calendar. And this is not planning from one year to the next, mm -hmm. but we should have the next calendar until 2024, at least soon. And, and therefore, I mean, also the Pro League, uh, we're talking to the Pro League nations to make space within the Pro League to um, to have those weekends which we announced in March instead of Pro League that we can use two weekends. How would that potentially work is that we were looking to have 10 weekends between January and June where all, potentially all, a part of because it's an uneven number, yeah. all uh, Pro League nations would play at the same weekend. Mm -hmm. First of all, to reduce the lengths and to give more space for clubs to play their normal club uh, games, to be honest. And second importance there is as well that when half of the season is played, that it's not one team is already champions in Pro League and the other team has not played uh, or, or have only played one. Mm -hmm. So that 
you know, normal fans can also better follow where is the standing and where is the, the part of it. So we're working and we will work together with the clubs in Belgium, in the Netherlands, in all the European countries to agree on an international calendar, also incorporating this March window for the qualifiers of what, but not harming them, to be honest. I'll give you an example. This year in um, the, in 2020 Pro League, we have kept the months of April or March, April completely empty mm -hmm. in respect to the Netherlands and to the Belgium uh, club uh, competition, actually. Mm -hmm. Because this is the one most important, and then you have Europeans and so on and so forth. So we have said, let's, let's keep April completely empty for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, Tokyo is on the, the horizon. Uh, what, uh, obviously, the, the, I, I understand that your feeling is that the World Cup should be one of the, should be the most important event for, for FIH or for the world of hockey. Um, in, in, in reality to this moment I think that for players the Olympics is still the absolute pinnacle of, uh, of our game uh, so uh, we're looking ahead at, uh, at uh, I hope for a wonderful event again what are your expectations of, uh, of the Tokyo Games uh, for hockey? That, that's, that's, that's good like well, for the qualifiers it's good when people you know uh, accept uh, that sometimes you know uh, World Cup it's for me the most it's, it's one of the important so I changed slightly my mind uh -huh. uh, having having passed you know a few months here and understand a bit better of the uh, the Olympic movement and what a, a medal represents and you represent you're representing your country and you earn a medal for your country so Again, I revise a little bit my comment there uh -huh. clearly to say the beauty is in hockey you have two major events, yes. not only like in other sports only one, which is the World Cup, but you have two major, which is the Olympics as well. Uh -huh. uh, to be honest, which is will be a massive event, and you see how people preparing Tokyo, having been at the test event, is a fantastic location, nearly in the center of Tokyo with two fantastic venues, uh, walking distance, so you can go from one game to the other, to, to another one. Uh, for me, ticketing sales have started, they are doing extremely well. People are waiting now for us to announce the schedule. You know that we have now all the teams nominated last week, uh, so everything is done. The plan to announce the schedule, it's around the 18th of December, uh, more or less. Minus of, minus of just, uh, one day or two, actually. Uh, so, so for me, now I, what was exactly your question? I lost a bit of <laughs> just, just your expectations of Tokyo, but... but. Uh, my expectation <laughs> is, again, it will be, I understand the importance in the meanwhile now of an Olympics, that people really looking to do so. I mean, having, you know, the host team in there is important as well, men's and women, which is great. And they even have qualified through their qualifiers and not just by, by, by the fact that they're being hosts. Uh, we have the best teams uh, there. We have teams, men and women from each continent there, uh, to us, which is also great so that we have men's and women's South Africa participating in the Olympics, okay. so we have every continent. If, if, if I can enter in, in, into that, the, the, it's, it's, it's wonderful news that we had last week when, when, when the, the, the nations were announced 
and that we saw that South Africa was among the nations for the women's as well, because what I understood is that the the uh, South African Olympic Association has their own uh, criteria for sending a team to or sending a player or an athlete or a team to the uh, to the Olympics, uh, and it's not because a team has met the FIH requirements that they will send the team because that, that's what they did for Rio when when uh, the the men were so cruelly uh, uh, denied the possibility of playing there. The women from South Africa did not meet the criteria set by the. Uh, Olympic Association of South Africa themselves, but still they got confirmed. Is this a confirmation or is this still something that's in the air that they could possibly uh, return? No, no, that's, com that's completely that's completely confirmed. It has been uh, uh, so you completely accurate with your with what you said as well. On the they set two criteria for qualifications. The men did. The women did only fulfill the criteria of of FIH. So the um, so then last week there was a meeting held from the National Olympic Committee uh, of South, South Africa because they had a few different sports in the same situation, to be honest. And then, uh, to my understanding, they decided which of those sports will now be allowed to go, not having fulfilled those, those two criteria. And luckily, I mean, uh, you know, uh, for us, extremely important, I have to say, we were really waiting for this good announcement to say, okay, they will accept uh, the women's as well. And so they did, and this is 100% confirmed. Okay, perfect. That's good news. Um, yeah. Let's, let's uh, talk about the global congress from FIH that uh, was, was held uh, more or less a year ago. Um, where some some uh, some uh, pretty interesting announcements were made, um, and uh, let's let's allow me to follow up on a couple of these uh, announcements that were made. Uh, uh, the first one was was you talked about uh, the development of uh, waterless uh, artificial pitches, and the goal was to have by Paris 2024, so the games after Tokyo. Um, that our game would be played on a uh, artificial pitch without any water, um, which is a, a, a very um, um, ambitious goal, uh, to my knowledge. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the status of, of this dry artificial pitch? Where are we in the development and uh, uh, are, are we going to make it? Um, we are in the development, and yes, we're going to make it, okay. to be honest. So that, that's when you say it's sufficient statement, I know. And I have been asked by many people within hockey uh, to say, are you sure? Is that not uh, too much? Is that... Uh, you see Mike laughing a little <laughs> bit next to me and, 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 and some others who played hockey. Uh, but I have to say, I, I you know, we we discussing a lot uh, from a, from a performance angle, from a, from a player angle, from uh, from also the companies which could deliver that. So we have meet regular meetings, and we will have another big meeting in January where we will potentially also invite athletes, so players and coaches, uh -huh. to the table. Also, first of all, mission there is to exactly explain them why we made this decision. This should not be seen as a punishment to the athletes or to the sport or whatever you could feel it, 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 it is. 
to be honest, but it's really for this sustainability actually and for this shortage of water because we we in Europe see it more more and more every summer it's getting more difficult I mean and restriction of waters and I was told that also even in the Netherlands now uh, one club who always took the water from the from the river or whatever could not take it anymore but they have now to purchase it which is also a cost factor in the end of the day. So we will, in from January onwards, we will make a couple of meetings with athletes, coaches, suppliers, just to see, okay, you know, what has happened in the past. Okay, you have the sand field, the sand rest, you have the water-based, uh, so what are the, the, the requirements which are of is essential for the game to, to continue to be played as it uh-huh. is. So some suppliers are confident that they will... Uh, succeed in developing that in in time but again uh, the only the only i would not call it concern but the only point they're making is is asking for this kind of meeting with athletes yeah. uh, to be honest mm-hmm. because you have certainly you have certain elements you can test the behavior of a ball how fast the ball goes how he slides on the surface but then you have the perception of players yes. which is different again uh-huh. And for us, and again, coming back to my point before, for me, the most important are the players, to be mm-hmm. honest. Therefore, we need to involve them 100%, to be honest, in, in this development of this dry turf. Okay. But I had in the last EP meeting this November, because they have been in the world of hockey a little bit, some, some people saying you should stop talking about this, you should uh, continue with water, you should uh, maybe have less water, or, which is all acceptable for me, completely understandable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I, I tabled that point again and at the last DB, and I have to say uh, extremely good for me and for, for K and for the sustainability and the way forward Every single EB member, regardless from which part of the world uh, they are, they all confirmed and they all supported this initiative and they say it has to happen. Because I got a few communications from 2012, from 2013, from 2014. That was a long time on the list of waterless and then it was always, okay, (laughs) maybe it's not a short term, but we should do it in uh, six years or in seven years and then... uh, Okay. So... My, my answer to this is let's get all parties involved and let's make it happen. Okay. Uh, if if the, the goal is still then to, to deliver by Paris 2024, by, by what time do you think that we should have these pitches available for the different countries to, to start testing and to start playing on it? Because that, that it, it will, without a doubt, it will be different. From the, from the current yeah. field. I think, I think uh, ideally our men's World Cup in 2023, January 2023, should be played on this dry turf, to be honest. Okay. And also for you to know that we will have the Dakar Youth Olympics in Senegal in 22, which anyway has to be played on a dry turf. Uh-huh. Because uh, the conditions for us to continuously be part of this event was actually uh, simplicity of installation and less requirements that we normally have for hockey, so that that we can be part of this Youth Olympics in Senegal. So we, what we committed clearly to, 
and also supplier committed to that we will provide a five aside. You know, this is played in five aside, yes. a five aside dry pitch for Senegal anyway already. Mm -hmm. So that will be a good step in 22 to do the Youth Olympics on a smaller size and then the Men's World Cup in 23. So then you have a full one and a half year in between to have uh, the possibility for national teams to 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 test and to try and so, to play. But that, that means that that normally by my 2021, 2022, so in one or two years, uh, suppliers will be able to deliver a, a dry artificial pitch in in different countries. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I mean, at least that we have some test runs, that we have some uh, some games being played on, because what will happen, I'm 100% sure, is that we will have some different surfaces by different suppliers, uh -huh. which we will then put install and then uh, make some runs like we did with the with the temporary pitch in uh, in England. Yes. Uh, so, so we will need to have some, and that's where also player involvement will be more and more important to have a surface laid down and then a practice being done on it and then to find which one is the better one, to be no, honest, absolutely. and then absolutely. use it in Senegal, Men's World Cup and then Olympics. Okay, good. Uh, another project announced at uh, the, the, the last Congress was FIH Live, which went uh, live uh, in, in, in January following the Congress. Um, and uh, if I'm honest, has been a big disappointment. Uh, technically, if you see what was promised, it has not delivered what was promised. Um, okay, possibly there there are still development going on, and 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 there's a roadmap of all the things that were promised that will be delivered uh, at a certain time. Uh, but at the moment, the FI Slave platform is is is. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's a own you, your your own YouTube channel without any added um, features. Yeah. Is is are the, the the features that were announced during the Congress are still on the on the table? Uh, is there a roadmap where where the FIH Live uh, platform will make steps and and add add something uh, new for uh, for us the viewers? Uh, you, you're completely right. In, uh, again, there was a big announcement with a big vision. The vision is again still there. Uh, FIH Live, on one side, it's good that we have a channel, but we are, have also certain features which are not there, which are clearly required. And the key date for this new channel to be completely up to speed and there is March 2020. So in a couple of months. Yeah, in a couple of months. I mean, we tried to do this for the beginning of the Pro League season. Uh -huh. But before doing something half and, and not not proper again, uh, we decided, okay, to say, okay, March uh, will be the, 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 the revamping. When we will launch the revamping, we're working on the revamping now, to be yes. honest. Uh, but it will be March 2020 where we will launch the revamping where we you will have all the all the different features to be honest which have and, been promised. Can you tell us a little bit about these features which will be there in March? Um, you first of all, what is important for us is collecting data. Mm -hmm. 
which currently we do not. So the, the purpose of uh, OTT is definitely that you start to know your uh, your fans, yes. that you can communicate with your fans, that, you know, what I want to do in, in, in future is if a certain decision will will be will have to be made it's sure the executive board will play an important role but i want to conduct some some uh, fans uh, opinions on that uh, to be honest uh -huh. but therefore i only don't want to have hundreds but i want to have thousands or uh, millions of people which we can contact for that so data collection it's important feature um we will have then highlights of the games there. We will have historical footage there, which you can uh, have a direct access to mm -hmm. it. We will have uh, six different languages uh, on it, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest. We will have a, we will create content uh, content creation and 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 hopefully people like yourself you would be willing to come on it and comment certain things and give your opinion uh, not only in a in a in a typed one but also in a, with this nice style you have on yeah I'm, I'm smiling because i'm not sure that you want me there but <laughs> I, I i definitely want you there because you know life is not only created by all saying yes That's, and uh, we love you and so on and so forth uh -huh. Life is also by some criticism or by productive uh, productive criticism, uh -huh. to be honest. That's the best way how you can move forward. And then sometimes you have also to admit that you did a mistake and, and uh, you learn from mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem at all with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. We will then also do part of it will also be, be under a paid... Uh, uh, kind of a pay-per-view, uh, yes. what content it will be. Uh, we will show all the different uh, uh, Junior World Cups, Indoor World Cups. This will be uh, without restrictions on FIH Live, so you will have no geo-blocking mm -hmm. any longer. Okay. Uh, uh, this is also the purpose for talking to some of the national broadcasters we have on Pro League. Uh -huh. If we can find an agreement with them that we could also have it on FIH Live, yeah. even if we will have to give them a share, if we then do it under paper, uh, under a payment uh, system, that we give them a share. But what we found out is annoying. You know, if you go to FIH Live and you see a black uh, screen yeah. and it just says geo-blocked, to be honest, that's where we definitely are not good. At least it should have said go on this and this channel in your territory and you can watch it and uh, give some information mm -hmm. or having it audio that you can follow it by audio only potentially and not uh, so so there are a lot of things which are currently which i fully agree with you missing which we need to do and i think the list is quite long mm -hmm. yeah uh, if you have some specifics which you would like to see yeah well uh, oh, there are so many things that i would like to see i think that will take us that take us to, to too far in this in this discussion okay. <laughs> um but so let, let's move on the last time we spoke uh i was very happy that you uh, confirmed that uh development would become the number one priority for the fih um or at least would become a more a visible number one priority for uh, the fih um, so also during the Congress, uh, Mike uh, launched this uh, Hockey 2024 uh, Global Development Plan. Um, so a year, a year 
after this uh, launch of the of the of the plan where are we mike with uh, hockey 2024 what what has been accomplished okay you're sitting comfortably i'm sitting comfortably go on <laughs> uh, okay so let, let me let me go through it sort of step by step but um i guess beforehand uh, just to to comment on some of the things that we've already talked about. So from from a, a development perspective, promotion and development go hand in hand. Uh-huh. The reason that we do these things, like the pro league and the Olympic qualifiers and and every every other activity, is because we're trying to promote and develop hockey. And 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 these act as our shop window. We need we need people to be able to see top class hockey being played on a regular basis because that attracts people to our sport and gets them uh, to pick up a stick and, and start playing it. So from a development perspective, uh, my job, our job, is to have a plan that optimizes um, the possibilities that that, that shop window presents. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about Tokyo, which was one of your questions about our expectations, the expectation is that we managed to grow and develop hockey in Japan. Um, so we're working closely with, with JHA in order to do that. Uh, we're looking at involvement in the Olympic torch relay and, uh, and other sort of pre-Olympic events and, and how hockey can optimize that. And then also looking at how we can do uh, hockey initiation around the games, which we missed out on in Rio. We didn't really do much, mm-hmm. um, but we have a, a solid plan to, to do that there. But then also to engage not just the nations that are participating in, in the Olympics, but all, all of the others as well. So, so these, these are sort of, I guess, the behind the scene things that are happening. Mm-hmm. In terms of the specific areas that, um, that we, we talked about at Congress yes. and, uh, and the promises we made. So we are, if you remember, we had three pillars. We had participation, education, infrastructure. Uh-huh. Well, well post Congress, we added another. Um, we added inspiration. So we have some targets for that as well. So I'll, I'll talk about what we've achieved in the past year. So participation. Um, uh, our objective is to increase participation by 250,000 um, by 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact that we had with our activities was around 68,000 um, in 2019. Um, this includes our own events, but then also events um, delivered through um, Olympic Day. So we had 65 nations um, delivering participation activities through Olympic Day, which was a sort of single biggest uh, impact. All of this was linked to um, Hockey for Life, and then the hashtag. So the, the major hashtag for, for 2020, uh, 2019 was equally amazing. So. Um, if you go on social media and type in hashtag equally amazing, you'll find um, it's, it's had a fairly big impact uh-huh. um, across the board. So from all stakeholders in hockey, mm-hmm. um, as we move into 2020, we'll start to um, we'll obviously continue with that, but then also look at um, hockey dreams, which is youth development. So focusing on youth mm-hmm. as we move forward. Um, the other impact events, uh, obviously coach education, uh, Olympic solidarity programs, um, trying to get more nations competing, um, and I guess uh, yeah, hockey fives is is one of those areas um, because we believe it makes it more accessible. If international teams are travelling, it's much easier to travel with a small squad. It costs a lot less. Um, more nations can compete. You don't need a um, a massive program in order to to compete like you do with eleven aside. Um, 
clearly indoor is part of that as well. And so we saw um, Nepal competed for the first time ever in international competition in the Junior Indoor Asia Cup. Mm -hmm. so, so indoor is very important as well. <laughs> I know that's so I'm going to say that. Um, in terms of education, we had the biggest education program we've had to date. So we had 46 courses running. Uh, 760 um, individuals were certified through the programs from 59 nations. Um, so that was really successful. We're looking to double that for 2020, mm -hmm. so 100 courses. Um, we also had a lot of athlete engagement, particularly around um, anti-doping. So we had a number of education booths around our events, a sort of direct um, uh, connection with them. And then as we move forward, we're starting to look at uh, safeguarding. So we've just in introduced our new safeguarding policy. So we're looking at implementation of that. And then also anti-corruption. Um, and then obviously continuing the anti-doping. Okay. So those areas yeah. um, have, been, have been quite a key focus. Okay. Um, any questions so far? Absolutely. Uh, all very interesting and, and all very recommendable. Uh, but <laughs> um, for me, if... if, if I, and this is a personal view, obviously, look at, at uh, growing hockey. Uh, for me, growing hockey is, is uh, very important to have two pillars. It is to have more infrastructure, more playing fields, uh, whatever the surface, uh, because I agree with, with the, the previous measures also that hockey can be played on any surface, so grass, concrete, uh, whatever uh, composite or, or, or artificial turf. Um, but so have to have more uh, infrastructure to be played on. And, and, and the second is obviously to have more players. Um, and, and we had this discussion before as well. Uh, so what, what is the definition of a player? Uh, yeah, for me, the, it, I, I don't agree with if somebody comes into contact with hockey just once or twice and, and, and plays for, for, for uh, a couple of times of hockey, that for me is not a player. For me, a hockey player is somebody who is playing the sport on a regular basis uh, throughout, for, for many years um, and on, 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 on a regular basis throughout the year. Uh, can, can you share with me if, if there have been... Uh, uh, if, if this is being measured for once because that will not be obvious in, in most countries uh, obviously in countries lying like the countries where, where, where we live in Western Europe it's pretty easy to ask the, the federations okay what are your registered members that will not be the easiest uh, in all countries uh, what, what is being done to start measuring this and, and, uh, and do we see um, uh, growth in those two areas yeah, so we ha I think we 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 um we talked this to death the last time. <laughs> so I'll I'll summarise otherwise yeah. um, otherwise Thierry's going to get um, start, start sleeping. Start to get <laughs> I, I, so so the summary is that um, yes, uh, um, obviously we we carried out a state of the game survey uh, last year. Um, so next year we'll carry out another state of the game survey based on the on the same um, criteria. Figures, uh, yeah. yeah, the same criteria. Um, and then we'll see what the impact is. That, that's probably the, the easiest way to put uh -huh. it. Um, secondly, as I said, 68,000 impact from, from programs we've been involved in this year. Obviously, it's, it's difficult to know whether they're new or existing, um, but um, it, clearly it's much easier to, to measure 
the impact of a particular program than it is to, to go out and start counting players. Um, and I don't mean that from a FIH perspective, I mean that from a, even a club or a, a national association perspective. Some of them are very good at it, uh, and some of them uh, are, not, are not so good. Or some of them measure registered players, some don't measure casual players. Uh-huh. Um, I guess to put it into perspective, so, um, so FIFA, um, excuse me. Uh, FIFA <laughs> the wrong sport, but okay. <laughs> 265 million players worldwide, uh-huh. 4% of, of, the, uh, of the population apparently play football. If you were to ask them how many are actually registered or calculated, it's probably more like about 15, 20 million. Mm-hmm. So they extrapolate. Um, every single sport extrapolates. So we're, we're clear about what we're counting, but at the same time, you, you have to then um, you know, balance the figures a little bit and work out, okay, well, what is the real impact of the sport? So when we talk about 30 million, um, obviously we're extrapolating based on what we can, we can clearly measure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bear with us for uh, eight, eight months time and then we can, we can tell you and certainly when, when we come to the, the Congress we'll be reporting the impact of this. Okay. Let me just briefly come back on your first point, which you know has to be played or can be played on any surface. That's for me crucial, uh-huh. to be honest, because when you sometimes talk to hockey players, and I spoke to some French hockey players, which told me they have to drive for one and a half hour to, to have a training session. Uh-huh. That can just not be. You must find, if you are a hockey lover, you must find a couple of friends. Uh, that you can practice nearby, actually, and, and, and play your game, stick and a ball and play somewhere. But apparently, I don't know why it is in people's mind that you need this kind of turf and more especially even sometimes with water, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that is, in my view, that is where I fully agree with you. We need to increase this. But we have also to go, the first phase has let's just have people fun Mm -hmm. and then you will have a certain percentage of those people who will come to become a regular player you don't know what you define as a player which i agree with you the rest is for me is just fun fun factor absolutely but but i think we're missing so many occasions you have so many uh, empty uh, tennis courts in germany in france in in a lot of countries which are not used anymore Mm -hmm. Will everybody, anybody start to think, wow, we could play hockey on that? Let's start to have a little hockey team. Definitely not, because in my view, it's just like this. It's in people's mind that you need this turf. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe with people like yourself, you will play an important role there to help us as well to put this forward, to be really, to put football, you know, have fun, get a stick and a ball and... and, and and, and let's let's have fun, to be honest. What we will need to do as well is to define when we're talking about turf, more and more, I'm not talking mainly uh, the French area because I know this a bit better than some others, uh-huh. but a lot of regional governments do install now some sport facilities for people, which is a turf surface. Yeah. But our turf surface currently is, is so specific we need to make sure that people understand on a multi-sport turf, you can play hockey as well. 
Absolutely, you, you can't play the international hockey that we want, but but no, but, but okay. for everybody, yeah, it's possible to play hockey okay, there. Yes, Barcelona or the or the or the the, 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 the Dutch the, the German national team or the Dutch national <laughs> team in football, they will not play on a third Liga. But that's not the purpose, uh -huh. and that's why a lot of when you sometimes when I mention those kind of things. People feel I want to change the, the elite sport, which is not at all. The, the elite will always remain to play on the best surface, mm -hmm. and we see in 24 who was right or wrong from the elite, <laughs> if I or others or not or whatever. And then it's time for me to. But I'm sure we will we will achieve it. But the rest can be played, and sometimes your technique becomes better if you play on a bumpy uh, road. Than actually, if you only play on a smooth, smooth surface, mm -hmm. to be honest. No, absolutely agree. Um, what development plans were implemented in countries, or how many countries, where there was nothing before in last year? Do you have do you have any numbers on that? Um, so, so a number of the countries involved in the TAP programs didn't have hockey before, or or they had hockey before, but it died off. Yeah. And, uh, yeah and had started again. So in particular, uh, TAP East Africa, which was, was launched um, in 2019. So based around Kenya, but um, seven different nations involved in those. So um, it's like Rwanda, for example, has started playing hockey as, as part of, of, of that program. Um, but then also all, all of the TAPs that we um, announced um, at Congress last year have gone ahead. So. Um, we mentioned Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, uh, East and Southern Europe, um, which we added also Greece, um, mm -hmm. uh, the revival projects of Greece were through EHF, um, Pacific Islands, the Caribbean, and then also um, Senegal, which we didn't announce because at the time uh, the Youth Olympic Games hadn't been announced. Yeah. So uh, that's an additional one. So at the moment, we're looking at um, potentially four or five new nations at the Congress in, to, to uh, join the FIH to, to join the FIH um, of, of which obviously Senegal uh, will be one of those and, and quite importantly because, um, because of the Youth Olympic Games mm -hmm. um, I guess at this point what I would say and maybe this is lost um, on the audience sometimes um, we, we invest 1.1 million dollars per year into continental federations to enable them to deliver projects and to run their operations. Um, that, that has not changed, it's, it's increased over the years, but it's not changed because of Pro League or because of anything else that we do. Um, it, it has a big impact. Um, you can see a lot of the work that the continental federations are doing, uh, but I think maybe sometimes uh, people miss the point that actually we're that's that's also a shared impact by us because we're the ones investing uh -huh. in it. Okay, uh, talking about that, uh, in 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 very rough numbers, I think that FIH has a revenue more or less about fifteen million dollars every year, which mainly comes from 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 uh, IOC uh, funds. Uh, so you you claim now we we FIH invests more or less little over a million dollars every year. Into uh, global into global development through continental federations or to direct projects. Um, will this percentage of your revenue spent on development rise, and by how much in the future? Um, 
you said 15 more or less yeah 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 yeah, yeah no yeah, yeah yeah so so first of yeah okay 15 million it, it's clear it would be nice if the majority comes from ioc but that's not the case it's a lot uh, it's it's quite okay. It's quite okay uh, to be honest, and, and definitely this is important to get this uh, from IOC. From a development point of view, how much? What is the percentage we will spend going forward? It's as I said always, a national international federation is only there for one good reason: is to earn money and then to reinvest it into uh, development. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it then it's just a, a matter of uh, what do you really count as a development subject? Yeah, because there I think that we have comparing now this one million described by Mike, which is a clear target towards the CFs, which they can use and they had at their disposal, to be honest. Uh-huh. But there is then development which we do uh, ourselves. Uh-huh. Me, honestly, for time being, Pro League is part of development of the sport as well, uh-huh. uh, to be honest. Uh, so, you know, what would you count today on the development and what will be there? It's it's hard for me to, to give you a figure. If this 50%, is it, should, should that become much more? I can only guarantee you every penny we will make going forward, uh, uh, we will invest into the sport. Okay, let, let me let me rephrase the question then, or pose a different question uh, to, to the yeah. similar subject. Is uh, yes, I think that we have we have we have. Uh, I partly agree with, with your views on it. What what is development? Um, my feeling or my fear is that there is a little bit too much uh, attention going to growing the number of fans instead of growing the number of players. Um, how, how would you uh, divide? And I, under, I understand both have to happen. Uh, I understand. No, it's just, and we had just, just a week ago, we had a, a, a seminar with uh, Aswaf with all the summer sports. Well, you know, on the commercial side as well. And then the discussion was, what do you need to do first? increase players or increase fans Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my answer to that audience was clearly i would not separate it Mm -hmm. because a fan can be a player and a player should and has to be a fan Mm -hmm. and to increase the players if i get somebody attracted to the sport by the fact that i don't know you have now a hockey five in the square in amsterdam (laughs) people going by and they see the sport and they say, wow, that's quite good. It's physics, it's it's athletic. And what is, you know, I mean, maybe in the Netherlands it's not the most attractive one because everybody knows what it is, but you go somewhere in, in Paris and you do an event in Paris or you go to the court of Roland Garros and you have a hockey game being played there and you have new people seeing the sport. So they become first for me a potential fan. They see what the sport is and then hopefully by seeing the beauty of the sport and you have out when they go out some sticks at their disposal where they can try to hit the ball, that's where they become players. So you... So for me it is... It, I would not get, go, oh, now we concentrate fully on players or we concentrate fully on fans. Let's concentrate on get more people knowing the sport and then also more people practicing the sport. Mm. Okay. Um, 
Staying on topic with the, with the, with the Olympics, uh, and 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 Paris is is also around the corner in just a couple of years uh, now, um, and and we we are confirmed for Paris, so we don't have to worry about it. Everybody will play hockey at uh, in Paris 2024, uh, as I understood. Uh, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the sports on the roster for LA 2028 uh, will be confirmed in just a couple of months normally. Um, is hockey going to be there, uh, or or uh, and by hockey I mean obviously hockey eleven versus eleven, the game that we played today, um, and and w- what is being done to make sure that uh, our eleven aside hockey is still going to be there for uh, LA and afterwards on the on the Olympic roster. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, yes, I have uh, personally, because when I joined FIH, I got this also from some people saying, yeah, with introducing fives, we have to be careful that, you know, this is not going to replace uh, OK 11s, especially on Olympics and also, uh, you know, in other competitions. So I personally went to the IOC and asked if there is any intention or reducing because what we're talking about potentially a, a case of not having hockey at all, which is clearly hockey is part of it and hockey will start of it. Okay, what we need to do, we need to do the right things. We need to promote our sport. We need to increase our numbers on social media, on our website, on Facebook, on demonstrating that our sport becomes more and more relevant. And that's where we are doing extremely well. And I can also ask Nicola to share some figures with you later on, on uh, what we have done in increasing on social media and where we are. So we need to continue to do the right things for our sport, to promote it, to get more players, to get more fans, to be more engaged with people. Uh, but there is clearly no danger, uh, not for LA and not going forward. And the same for me, there is no, because the next question then has to be, is IOC looking to reduce the number of athletes? Uh, because that's where a team sport affects quite the number of athletes, mm-hmm. which would say okay if you kick out one team sport potentially you can have a lot of other athletes coming from other sports there is also no danger at all on 11 aside uh, to be honest from that from that uh, perspective hockey fives will not replace uh, 11 aside i mean my wish my personal wish is that we will be as successful as some other sports did that uh, we will have you know one day Hockey 11s, and then we get more medals by Hockey 5s competition in there, to be honest. Okay. So where I agree with you is, is, is that, that, that possibly adding a short format to the game uh, would be good if, if we confirm and, 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 and are reassured that it will not harm the, the traditional 11-a-side 11, uh, 11 game, uh, because for me that is still uh, the, 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 the core of our game. Uh, because we are not roller hockey, we're not ice hockey, we're not uh, floorball, which are all forms of hockey that have different federations. And no, we are hockey, we are 11 side uh, game. Um, but yeah, okay, if, if, if a short, short format has, has um, use uh, in, in different areas, development, and, and I absolutely agree there. But then again, I would say, okay, yeah, why, why invent a, a new short format with hockey fives? and not use the existing short format of indoor hockey 
and, and rebrand it because indoor hockey can be played on many surfaces, can be played indoor, can be played outdoor. Uh, and maybe then, then, then some of the, 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 the specifics of indoor hockey might have to change. But okay, that is inherent to our game of hockey, that we are open for innovation and, 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 and small rule changes for just as long as it doesn't affect the, 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 the core of our sport. Um, so wh- why, why hockey fives and not, for instance, indoor hockey or a variation of indoor hockey? In all honesty, because I just see over time, it will become one. I'm completely convinced. But I do believe if you want to force now, because your good point was a slight change of indoor uh, rules. I was just told, again, it was before my time, I was just told there was some attempt to change some rules in indoor, Mm -hmm. which took some countries... uh, five weeks and they went back to the old rules to be honest because they were bad changes but yeah <laughs> so that i'm ex- completely the wrong person to 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 uh, to discuss good changes bad changes no. it's not me because no, but I'm not this, ha- this happened in outdoor hockey as well no, no, but that's why I, that's why but for me the, the the best thing and then you know i came hockey fives was on the table promoted for a long period of time but not activated I clearly see an important thing in hockey fives in a short form. Let's call it just short form. Uh-huh. Short form with a flexibility of size of field of play, which is important for me as well, that we do not start to restrict us. We cannot go in that area or in that part or in this because the size is not fitting to the described uh, size. So for me, it's a short form outside and we have a short form indoor. And I hope and I expect that this within two, three years, we will have one format. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you want to change one side or the other side, to be honest, you get some resistance. Most probably people will find out themselves if some indoor players start start to play hockey fives during summer. Uh, potentially that's where they will find out what's the best of both and then we can get the combination and have one format. Okay. Um, what, what? With your help, for sure with your help as well we will get to... <laughs> I'm not sure that I will ever help you with Hockey Fives but... <laughs> but you cannot definitely, when, when you have seen it and you, will, you, you please give me your comment and uh, your feelings and your, uh, and your uh-huh. proposals. Okay. Which definitely it's important for us to get. Okay. That 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 leads that leads, that leads to my last question. If if I'm yeah, sorry, Mike, yeah. tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think sometimes we we get a bit lost in this idea that this that the the term hockey fives has become this um, uh, this cursed, monster cursed. in some in some in some <laughs> fields. But then but then we're quite happy to talk about modifying indoor rules and allowing it to be played outside and maybe lifting the ball and hey maybe removing the circles and hey maybe <laughs> and then suddenly you become hockey fives it's it's uh, i think yes let's have the discussion about the the particular rules within the game because let's face it we've been doing that with 11 side for the last 100 years um so yes let's have discussion about the individual rules but the, the idea of having a, a short format that for many many development reasons is, is a is a positive move 
Um, I, 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 I don't understand the, the argument again. So I think, yes, let's discuss those individual rules, but let's not just think, oh, hockey five, suddenly it becomes this, this uh, horrible term that's going to alienate, alienate anybody that loves indoor because of a decision that was made a few years ago that, um, that upset some people and, and perhaps was the wrong decision. But, uh, hey, let's, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, taking taking this into account, I, I had a, I had a talk uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, with one of the the most renowned high performance directors in the world, uh, Adam Commons, um, who had a criticism towards uh, FIH. Uh, uh, obviously, has a lot of good to say as well, but but one of his criticisms was that um, and and this added to 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 my own feeling about uh, the structure that exists today in FIH and, and then I'm meaning okay, the core decision making group within FIH is the executive board um, no, you don't agree well, you're shaking your head no, people listening in can't see it but Thierry Weil is shaking his head but okay let, let me finish my point and you can, you can counter um, for me the, the core decision group is, is the uh, executive board is where, where decisions are made and confirmed and, and, uh, and, and implemented. Um, the, co- the current executive board is by large composed with administrators. So people who come from national federations or for continental federations or, uh, or in, in the, the international federation them, themselves. There is a... a, 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 a one, I think, believe uh, a representative for players involved, but there are no representatives. But for me, on an individual level, there are there are five typical roles in, in hockey. You have the players, you have the coaches, you have the officials, you have the administrators, and you have the fans. Um, so fans are represented by 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 CEO of the FAH because this is a marketing uh, position, and and they represent the fans. Uh, uh, the administrators are, are <laughs> by large uh, represented in this executive board. There's only one player, a uh, former player, who's, who's in there. But coaches and officials do not have an official seat at the table. Um, one that I even might add, but I guess it, it's not uh, valid for, for every country throughout the world. Another very important player is the clubs. Uh, they also don't have a seat at the table where these decisions are made. Should we not have um, a representative from coach, a representative for player, a representative from officials, a representative from clubs, uh, alongside the administrators and the composition of the, of the current executive board? I think that's uh, most probably the, the structure what we have, as you know, we have the committees where the committees do all the recommendations to the executive board for some for the key decisions. Um, so that's what we're trying to do within the committees so that you have the officials committee, you have the competition committee, you have the rules committee, you have the good government, the good governance, you have uh, all those committee, committees which are... Um, which have the experts of the different continental confederations 
being part of those committees and meeting. They have just met a couple of uh, two months ago here in Lausanne, the competition and the rules and the officials committee, to discuss all the potential changes or requirements or ideas, which then this is being brought forward to the executive board as a suggestion for ratification, which to my knowledge from the short time I'm here, uh, 99%, I don't even remember the 1%, uh, it's always followed the recommendation from the committees and from the recommendation of the committees, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So this is just, that's why I was shaking my head when you said it's only taken by the executive board. It's, it's mainly and always taken by the executive board based on a recommendation by the com special committees which we have uh, with the representatives. Okay, but there. so my feeling and the feeling that I get from a lot of people I talk to, and obviously this is within my world and my environment, which is not, okay, it's, it's international and I talk to a lot of people from, from different parts of the world, but I, I, I recognize that I have a, a, a strong European view on things, obviously, because this is where, this is where I live and this is where I experience my hockey. Um, but one of the criticisms that, that we have is that, that there is not enough uh, influence from players and not enough influences from coaches or high performance directors in, in decisions that, be, that are being made. Is it something that, that you agree or, or experience yourself? Or Yeah, but, but again, and forgive me if I do a little mistake in uh, attributing some quality to some board members. <laughs> if I <did> so. <laughs> it's not any purpose and it's not with any political reason behind that. But you have Shabazz, who is a next player, which everybody knows, actually. You have uh, Michael Green, which is a player, which is part of the board. You have Roger, which is the player representative. You have uh, Tayab Ikram, who is a coach. Um, international to, coach. International coach. coach. You have Eric uh, Cornelsen, uh, who is a, a player, uh, actually. No, and, but I, and, I understand that all these pay people who are in there used to be players, and some of them used to be players at, at, at top level, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, things change in the world of hockey, and, and, and uh, uh, I, I do not want to uh, diminish... The, 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 the capacities of, of, of people like Michael Green especially and, uh, and even Shabazz and, 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 and others who, who have, have a, a, a wonderful career behind them. Uh, there's one player in there who's had recent experience, that's Rogier Hoffman from, from New Holland, from the Netherlands. But yeah, that's just one voice. Uh, and, and, and the junior voice as well in, in, uh, in, in, in the board. But that is our, our, our the I think, I think yeah? if, if your question if your question is should these all these stakeholder groups have an influence in the decision making that we make then there's no question they do um, if you, if you're saying is there a current uh, current players current officials sitting on the board well that that comes down to the election process and the nominations from national associations to put forward to to, to that board but there's there's no question that when it comes to development education for example we have a development education committee and and there's people who sit on that but also the the, the programs that we're, we're developing um, and you mentioned Adam so I'll give you an example so the the hockey for life program same name which is the is the Belgian development system and the B gold program which is the talent performance 
program, which is um, partially administered by Michelle Kinnan, who advises on many of the things that, that we put together as, as part of our high performance programs, that, that, that influence, that, that impact is, is there. And, and also we listen. You might not think we do, but we listen to what you're saying and things can't change overnight because they don't, but we do listen. Sometimes we think you're wrong, sometimes we think you're right and, and we make changes on that basis, but we always consult with, with these people. Um, in, the next, in the next few weeks, I believe the high performance managers from the, from the pro league uh, uh, nations will get together and, and John will sit with them and he'll ask questions exactly like this and ask for their feedback. Of course, sometimes they disagree, um, but their their in, their input is listened to, and it and it shapes the decisions that we make. Okay, guys. Yep. Um, but yeah. and just coming back on this, uh, it's, it's really important for me because again, one of my major goal is definitely to not to to get a little bit away from this uh, perception from people to say this is a bunch of idiots sitting in Lausanne making decisions which they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes they do, I agree, but 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 therefore I have to admit I would love the fact that if this gentleman, I, I don't know him personally, or maybe I met him or not, this this Adam, uh, yeah, if if he feels uh, sad about certain decisions or, or I, I mean, I can give everybody, uh, I can do it now here on the mic, my mobile phone number. Don't do that. <laughs> and, and those guys can call me anytime, to be honest. And if there will be sufficient people, I'm happy to have a forum with clubs, coaches, high-performance guys to have a forum next year, wherever it's more convenient for people, if we do it by region or whatever, where I personally will attend, sit on a table and debate and, and discuss all potentially way forward, because the major goal for me is is to help hockey, to grow hockey, and to not change anything for those who love hockey, actually. So for people like yourself to not to have you next to me soon that you say, okay, I understand some decisions are not as I 100% wish them to be, but I understand the sense and let's look, let's monitor and if changes need to be made, give me a call and then we will consider it and then we'll, we'll table it to be honest. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for your time today. Uh, we've, we've touched on, uh, on, on different topics and uh, I uh, appreciate your openness uh, to discuss this. Uh, so uh, uh, I hope that we, uh, we get the opportunity soon to uh, discuss uh, the, 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 the way ahead and, and uh, the progress that we have made as a sport uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the near future again. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, thank, thank you, Hans. Thank you. Okay, guys, bye. Thanks very much and uh, talk to you soon again. Thanks for tuning in to Studio Hockey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And as always, enjoy your hockey. Bye-bye.